Solazar, and welcome to Good Vibrations Radio Tools for Transformation. Now, quantum physics tells us that we are all energy vibrating at different frequencies, and in Good Vibrations Radio, we bring you information that allows you to change the vibrational frequency of your life. We are your source for everyday alchemy, so you can take the lead in your life and turn it into gold. Now, Good Vibrations Radio is made possible through the sponsorship of Magic for Life, the promoter-producer of the Rota Psychic Fair. Now, the Rota Psychic Fair has been a constant in Monterey County for the past 36 years, going on 37. Now, we had to cancel our events in 2020, as so many others did, but we are on schedule for April 17th, 2021, at the Monterey County Fairgrounds. So visit rotapsychicfair.com or goodvibrationsradio.com and sign up for the email list so you can be notified about our upcoming events. Now, 11 years ago, we started Good Vibrations Radio, longer than that, but we went off the air in September 2018 for a variety of reasons, and we've been slowly inching back and getting into it. So previous shows can be found on the podcast page, which is found on the homepage of goodvibrationsradio.com. Make sure you put goodvibrationsradio.com because you could end up with something else like the women's run sex shop up in San Francisco. So you've got to add in that radio or you're going to find a totally different experience with your energy. Now, every year, for those who have listened, I pull a tarot card for the year. And the Osho Zen tarot card for 2020 is the Four of Rainbows, and it's called the Miser. Now, the Four of Rainbows shows a woman who's created a fortress around herself. She's clinging to all the possessions she thinks are her treasures. By holding on to her treasures, they've become faded, tarnished, and ugly. And so has she. This year is all about not hiding behind our things, whether our things are emotional, physical, spiritual, or intellectual. This year has given us all these surprises for us to come out and reveal our true self, to live our true self, to be our true self. Now, at our quarterly previews where panelists work with me and we share the energy, the astrology, the numerology, and the wisdom of the tarot for the coming quarter, I pulled the major arcana card, Roman numeral zero, the fool. I love the fool because, see, the fool is someone who goes on trusting beyond his or her experiences. You deceive a fool and the fool continues to trust. Now, those who deceive the fool call him or her a fool because the fool is still trusting after the deception. But the fool carries his innocence symbolized 
by the bouquet of white roses that he shows in his hand. You see, the fool believes in the good of all of us, not necessarily what we're displaying in the moment, but what we all carry inside our soul. So the fool is willing to continue to trust because the fool believes in the best of us. His trust is represented by how closely in the picture he walks along the edge of the cliffs, but trusts his footing in safety. His vest contains all the colors of the tarot, saying he's in harmony with the universe. So at this time, if you trust your intuition, trust that nothing will go wrong. And it's a message I shared with many people leading up to Election Day. Trust that nothing will go wrong. Oh, we'll be surprised. And we'll have some setbacks. And we'll have some forward movement. But the fool is about beginning a new adventure. Be ready to jump into the unknown and enjoy the adventure. Before we, this year is about revealing our true gifts. It's about revealing our true self and being who we're meant to be. So no matter what you're experiencing as we go through this tumult as a result of our election day, remember, the adventure is just beginning. Now, before we talk with our guests, let me tell you a little bit about me. I'm a speaker, performer, reader, healer, radio host, and author, and I've been part of the metaphysical community all my life. My undergraduate and graduate degrees are in metaphysics. And this show shares a variety of metaphysical subjects offered by those who have explored those areas in detail. Now, a habit I've built through the years is to start each show with a reading from Day by Day by Jane with James Allen. Now, in 1903, James Allen published his essay, As a Man Thinketh. And he chose the title from chapter 23, verse 7 of Proverbs, which says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It was described by Alan as a book that will help you help yourself. He wanted all of us to know that in our own thought world, we hold the key to every condition, good or bad, that enters our life. Our present reality is a direct outcome of our past thoughts, intentions, and beliefs. But our future is not predestined by our past. By working patiently and intelligently on our thoughts, our intentions, and beliefs, we can remake our life and transform our circumstances. So in Day by Day with James Allen, his essay has been broken into a separate section for each day of the month. For the sixth day of the month, James Allen shares release the past. Don't dwell upon the sins and mistakes of yesterday so exclusively as to have no energy and mind left for living rightly today. And don't think that the sins of yesterday can prevent you from living purely today. Now is the time to take take stock of those past events that still hold you hostage. Make a list. Acknowledge your pain. Grieve your loss. Forgive yourself. Then forgive the other person and release the event and move on. And remember that in life, there are no mistakes. There are only lessons. Now, to help with my focus and thoughts, I've also shared many times that I have a series of prayers and affirmations I use each day to help me focus. 
I do a morning and evening series of forgiveness prayers. I do gratitude affirmations. I do ho'oponopono. I do unconditional love affirmations. And I collect a positive thought from the daily word produced by the Unity School of Christianity. And the daily word for Friday, November 6th is I am peaceful and calm as I let go and let God. And you can replace God with anything you want. Universe, divine, source, higher self. Because when something is beyond our control and we're facing a challenge, the most productive thing we can do is let it go. Write it down, throw the paper away, give thanks for the good in your life, and release to the universe the negative thoughts. When we don't have control over the situation, worry doesn't improve the situation. We started this month in the heart of the Scorpion influence, the sun in Scorpio, a blue moon, a full moon in Taurus on October 31st, ended October, and began November with the energy of objective clarity. This full moon was walking along with Uranus, the revolutionary planet. And together, they brought forth insights and inspirations. The truth that's always been out there has been brought forward. For us in the U.S., it culminated in the presidential election, coupled with the Mercury square of Saturn. Now, Saturn is the planet of learning. It presents challenges for us to overcome so we can learn the lesson. And we all know Mercury is the winged messenger of the gods guiding communication. This is a week of surprises. There's something for everyone to take away from the election, but the most important will be to find the way to build the bridges to regain our country and the ideals for which it stands. So in this alchemical year, this is the time to know the truth of who you are where our passion lies and how to live a life of truth and passion. And that leads us to today's guest. Tim Chesney is the author of Radical Intuition, a revolutionary guide to using your inner power. Now, Tim is globally recognized innovation leader and the founder of Intuition Lab. Her work has been featured or supported by leading edge organizations, including SXSW Interactive, excuse me, Carnegie Mellon University, Comcast, Hewlett Packard. She lives in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and you can visit her online at www.kimchestney.com. That's K-I-M-C-H-E-S-T-N-E-Y.com. Now, each chapter of Radical Intuition offers insight and practices to develop their the reader's intuition through a step-by-step process. And Kim provides practical exercises, tools, and inspiration to bring intuition to life. And as she and I were talking before the show, we so often misuse the term intuition. Maybe we don't really know what it is, but you know what? We're in luck because we have someone who can share what it really means. So, Kim, welcome to Good Vibrations Radio. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk with you tonight. (laughs) So tell us, what's radical intuition? And what makes it it radical, right? That's right. (laughs) Yeah, so what's different from regular old intuition, (laughs) uh, you know? (laughs) The the intuition we so easily misunderstand. Exactly. Um, So, you know, really... What resonated with me a lot, um, you know, and what you were just saying, I think what makes intuition so radical is exactly what you were talking about in the beginning of this segment, which is 
this idea of making the shift from the outer world to the inner world and starting to live true to ourselves and starting to pledge allegiance to our own truth instead of listening to all that conditioning and everything <laughs> the world's trying to put upon us. That's radical. That's revolutionary. If we really start to do that. Well, here's the key though. What led you, and some of it's in the book, by the way, but what led you to this identification of your intuition and how you began to, to take this really as your service in life of what you're offering to the world, the understanding, the exercise, and helping people bring it out? What led you down that path? Where did it start? Well, you know, I, I think looking back on it now, I can really see it's my, it's sort of like my dharma because I've been, I've been pretty much obsessed with it. Like you were saying earlier, I've been obsessed with it my whole life since as long as I can remember since I was a kid and I was like having all these like psychic experiences and these weird metaphysical things happening. I was like, didn't know how to make sense of it. You know, I didn't know what I thought. Like, am I weird? Is there something wrong with me? So you know how it is. So. I was kind of on this quest to prove that, no, this is normal, you know, that I, I'm, there's nothing wrong with me. This is just a part, something we can all do. It's something we can all do. It can happen to all of us. It's part of life. It's part of our brains. It's how we're meant to operate. So um, very early on, I think that it was the experiences that I had that were not explainable by the things that, you know, the world is telling us, like the five senses couldn't explain these, the, the cause and effect couldn't explain it. So um, so I really went on this mission to understand it and it was a long journey and it was convoluted. And I, I published my first book actually 15 years ago, the psychic workshop. And now I'm into this one, which is like a whole new, bigger picture of intuition. So initially, did you translate intuition automatically into psychic skills or is intuition something that is part of psychic skills, but not directly psychic? Yeah, so that's a great question. So in intuition, I, in radical intuition, I talk about that because, uh, you know, psychic work and mediumship was my pathway into intuition because, you know, those were the kind of experiences I had as a child. Um, and that's what I really had to understand. So, you know, when I was in college and I was younger and I was seeking, right, and trying to find these answers, I went to priests and philosophers and scientists and psychologists and psychics and and really tried to understand what was happening to me. And uh, a lot really resonated with me working with psychics and mediums because that was something that, that really made sense to me at that time. So, But as I went deeper into intuition and working with that, I realized that there was so much more to it. You know, there's this really huge practical element of intuition that we can, that everybody can use every day. And then I ended up working in technology. I've worked in the technology field for almost 20 years now. So I got to work with some of the biggest tech companies in the world. And then all of a sudden, like 10 years ago, they're all, I hear everybody starting to talk about intuition and technology. So I realized that it's tied into something bigger. It's tied into our evolution. It's tied into the next step that we're going to take cognitively as human beings. So it's really, um, you know, it's, it's all of this mystery wrapped up at the core of our humanity. You know what I like when you talk about the, the tech world also is how so often so much of it is that we, we want to, you know, there needs to be an intuitive aspect to an application or to mm. a software, or to something that we do. And so once again, intuition has been divided up into different levels or layers. So there's one that we accept that there's a natural knowing that we have. That's the intuitive mm. aspect. When I go to a website, it's not very intuitive. It's counterintuitive, you know. <laughs> so therefore, 
we, we actually say there's a natural way of doing things that we're starting to potentially acknowledge. But in radical intuition, you're talking about a deeper level of natural way of doing things. And you talk about one of the things you said is like moving from is this possible to how is this possible mm. of saying, okay, I had a sense of that. Why didn't I listen versus now I know it's mm-hmm. possible and I keep flowing with it. Could you explain a little bit of that for the listeners so they understand that premise that you shared? Yeah, yeah, because I mean, really this book is an experiential book on that note because it's not about just sitting and taking it from me. I didn't want to write a book, say, listen to everything I know about intuition and trust me. No, I wanted people to go and do it for themselves because having that intuitive experience, having that aha moment, that epiphany, mm-hmm. that knowing, Right. Having that for yourself is the only way that you're truly going to believe and trust your own intuition. So I, my whole idea with this was really to help empower people to use their own intuition. And so so this process of, of really creating an environment where they can experiment and practice and get validations so that they can actually start to build this trust. Right. Because it really is so important to know that what's happening is real. And, you know, someday we're going to figure out how it works. You know, right now, <laughs> we might not know. We got an idea. With the quantum physics, we have a better idea than we did 100 years ago. But, you know, it really, we're, we're going to, my really, my predictions for the future is it's really going to become something that we understand and embrace more. And it's not going to be this crazy woo thing that it's been for so long. Well, from everything you shared in Radical Intuition is what is what I'm inferring from all you're saying here. We all have intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's just a question of whether we've developed it or not. But you also broke the intuition down into four archetypes in the book. You have the uh, the sage, the healer, the sage, the visionary, and the mystic. Would you be willing to share a little bit about each of them and how they differ and yeah. how we manifest them? Yeah, so that's one of the really interesting things about this book. And you know, what we talked about earlier with this, this, this overarching idea of intuition. Well, we realized that, you know, there were a number of different pathways that intuition can speak to us. There's just one intuition. It's the same universe, God, source, whatever you call it, is speaking to all of us, guiding us, wanting us to be our best selves and lead our best lives and serve in the best possible way. But each person is unique. And that's the thing about intuition. It's completely subjective. That's also why it's so hard to teach because it's not like you can go out and read a manual on it because it's different for everybody. Some people get feelings. Some people get knowing. Some people have vision. Some people hear voices in their head. There's a million different ways that you can experience your intuition. So I created these four archetypes to sort of summarize the four primary ways that we receive intuitive input through our bodies, through our minds, through our hearts, and through our spirits. So we can feel things with our body, right? We can have, we can get the chills if we don't, if we feel something creepy or we can, even with eating and knowing what we're supposed to put in our bodies, there's all kind of ways that our bodies talk to us. Then, or with our minds and our thoughts, the second type of intuition, it comes through the thinking and the knowing. We have, have you ever just known something? You don't know why you know it, but you know it, right? And when that happens, you're like, okay, that has to be intuition because there's no way I could have possibly known that otherwise. And then there's the feeling in your heart. And, and it's not your emotions like, you know, like ego emotions. It's like your higher heart. It's your calling. It's your passion. It's your desire to serve and evolve and change and grow and transform into something better. So so the heart is very emotive, 
not emotional, right? And then finally is that you know, what I call transcendental intuition, which is the archetype is the mystic. And, yeah. and that's where you get into those really interesting, exciting metaphysical experiences that we all talk about with intuition. So I like that. I like that you broke it up that way. And I'd like to add something else, which you're, you're actually clear about is that, and nobody is even one of these. We are all right. levels of these, just like any other series of archetypes. And yep. we've all got different levels. So sometimes people, when they're thinking in terms of their intuition, and you really pointed this out so well, is that they think, well, I can't do it like that. Well, you're not supposed to do right. it like that. You're supposed to do it your way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so we're all unique. So when you're going through your training and your classes with and working with people, what's what's one of the best exercises or one of the exercises you use to help bring us out to that initial identification of our intuition? Yeah, well, First of all, the first thing I tell everyone is really to hear our intuition, we have to slow down. We have to make space for it. So I think the number one reason why people aren't hearing their intuition is because we're so busy. We're on our hamster wheels of life. We're on our tech and our phone. And so the intuition is out there. It's like, hey, but like it can't get in, right? Because we're just creating all the static. So we got to slow down. we got to be mindful. we got to get into space. You don't have to sit on your bed and meditate for 12 hours, but, you know, go for a walk, get in the shower. Take a drive, whatever you need to do to clear your head, right? So that's the priming that and creating space in your mind for intuition is so important. And now if you want, we can do a little exercise together if you want. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, so so I'll tell you one of the little exercises I do with people um, early on in the class. Just to, It's a decision-making exercise just to illustrate how intuition works. So everybody listening can kind of do this along uh, alongside us at home. It's really simple. All you need to do is just kind of find a quiet place uh, where you're not going to be disturbed for about, you know, a minute, like we're going to do right now. And um, think of something that you're choosing between, right? Like something in your life, a decision that you're trying to make. Now, it could be anything from buying a pair of shoes to taking a trip to choosing a new career, finding purpose in your life, whatever's on your mind, on your heart right now. And, um, and just kind of put that in your head. I'll take a moment and let you think of something. Um, and then once you, um, once you think of it, I want you to create a, two symbols and hold them in your mind's eye, one symbol for each choice. For example, if a choice you were making would be to take a trip to Hawaii, the symbol might be a palm tree and if it, or versus going to like New York City might be a skyscraper, right? Pick, mm-hmm. pick two symbols, one that represents each choice, right? And just hold them in your field of vision in front of you. And just take a deep breath, right? And imagine them there before you. And then just touch into each of them consciously. Look at them, connect with them, and notice how the two symbols interact with you. Does one of the symbols come forward more? Does one resonate with you more than the other? Does one grow and get bigger? Or does one recede and pull back and get smaller? Right? So just touch into that energetically and see how those two symbols communicate with you. Don't use your critical mind. Just just let them unfurl or tell you a story. So then, once you're finished, do you want to do you want to tell me what happened with your symbols? We can talk about what happened. Sure, sure. Actually, my symbols were career based. I, I do 
consulting work to the Department of Defense, and my contract has ended. I have no other work right now, so I'm out of work. And the decision was, do I seek new work or do I do something more entrepreneurial for me? Hmm. And the seeking new work or new contract, in both symbols, I was both symbols in, mm-hmm. in two different ways. Mm-hmm. And in seeking new work, I was shrinking mm. and, and, and compressed. And in doing something entrepreneurial, I was expansive and opening. Exactly. And exactly. So, and that's how it works right there. You, and, and it's one of those things where your intuition, it speaks to you differently than your sort of left brain, which is what's once that think of everything linearly and in terms of cause and effect, your right brain will speak to you through metaphors and images and, and these scenarios that, that talk to you metaphorically. So, so this is a simple way where you can find out, you know, where your intuition is really guiding you and leading you. And in your case, that place, that expansive, response drew you in and took you away as opposed to the one that's sitting there making you feel smaller and restrictive. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so that is a really good way. It's a little practice. I call it going through the wormhole because you can just instantly <laughs> go and get your answer. You don't have to like write your down your cause and effects or your pros and cons. You can just, you can just go in there and really touch in with your intuition and you'll be surprised how often this really is really, really valuable and really aligns. Well, now I'm going to slow up so I can get more in touch with my intuition. <laughs> I don't think you meant it quite that way. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like slow down, but not slow. <laughs> but you did mention mindfulness, and you also said, hey, you don't need to lie on your bed for 12 hours or sit on your bed right. for 12 hours. Actually, I would probably lie on my bed for 12 hours, close my eyes, and pretend I'm being mindful while I slept. But, <laughs> but what when when you use again it's a very often used phrase, mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So how would you like us to think in terms of tapping into our intuition? How would you like us to think in terms of our mindfulness? Yeah, great question because I'm really big on this idea of mindfulness being really the um really priming the pump for mm-hmm. what I call insightfulness. So we have this movement that's happening in mindfulness and it's been going on for the last 20 years or so. And, and it's really it transformed the way that our culture works in a lot of ways. It's gotten us in, more in touch with ourselves. Meditation, yoga, things like this are, are much more mainstream and common for people because we know all this technology and life is so crazy. We have to pull back from it. It's really important that we do that. So, so like the work of Eckhart Tolle and the power of now and all of this presence and being and stillness which seems so counterintuitive to our culture today is so valuable because it sets the stage for intuition because it's in between our thoughts in those silences that our intuition speaks to us. So by allowing us to get into that mindful place, we can then start to hear that voice, that higher voice within us, that guiding voice that shows us how to get out there and serve and do and work in the world. I mean, it would be great if we could all just, you know, sit on a park bench and live our lives happily and be in a state of bliss. But I think the reality is that most of us still have work to do. We still have some discoveries to make and some impact to go out there and do change things. So, um, so that's where intuition comes in. You know, it's our guide for doing, you know, we have the being, the being is such an important counterpoint and it's such a important foundation. But if we're still in the world of doing intuition is where it's at. 
So we've done, we've gone through the wormhole. Thank, thank you for that. We've gone sure. through the wormhole. We now understand that we have to find a way to find some silence in our, in our lives. And one of the things I've shared, I don't know how you feel about this, so I'll, I'll throw it out there, is I've, I've let people know that sometimes if they don't believe they can find silence, to try to give them some time before they fall asleep in the evening mm. or right after they wake up to just lie there and allow themselves to just appreciate that sense of being alive, being awake, being going into sleep, but use that as their little moments of trying to find their initial silence. I, I don't know how you feel. How would you like us to find our mindful moments, our silence, to tap into that intuition? Well, first of all, I just want to confirm what you said. Those are the, some of the best times to work with your intuition as well. Those times right before you wake up or before you go to bed, those are the times when you can finally shut off your brain, that that chronic thinking mind, mm-hmm. right? So when you get into that place, that's why people who have intuitive experiences, I mean, I noticed for me very early on, the intuitive experiences that I had very often came, like just as I was falling asleep. Just as I let go, right? And I, and I didn't understand. Like back then it was crazy because we didn't have the internet and I didn't know how to figure out what was happening to me. I was just like, ah, like these things would happen. And it was because my mind was finally shutting off and my intuition was like, here I am, right? So that's a great place. If even if you meditate for a little bit before you fall asleep, it's better than nothing. Just, just let yourself fall asleep. It'll put you into a wonderful intuitive place to start your dreaming throughout the night. And then hopefully wake up in the morning with some new ideas that pop into your head. And I mean, how many times have you woke up in the morning and just had a thought or had mm-hmm. something that, you know, that you knew you needed to do or some idea about the day because your mind's so fresh. So, um, so there's that. And I, I definitely think that's the case. And then in terms of, you know, finding that space, you know, I always tell people I would actually book in the beginning when I had a busier schedule back when I was working in tech, I would actually book white space on my calendar. You know, I actually, I would just invent things, call it something, and I knew I would always have this time, whether it was to go out and go for a walk, whether it was to go and, you know, sit somewhere, just have some quiet time, go have a coffee or whatever, just just that downtime to spend time with myself. And that's what's so important. We don't do enough of that this day, this day and age, just spending time with ourselves. It's very valuable. We're not really alone when we're with ourselves. We're with our higher self, and, and our higher self can speak to us, and those are the the times that were ripe for insight. That was one of the things you also pointed out in your book, also when you were talking about the archetypes, is that we can use physical activity also as a way to create that silence. For some, it can be yoga, it can be a walk, maybe if you're a runner or a biker or something. And years ago, and I do mean years ago when I was a runner, I often found that there was a point where I could let my mind go. You know, once my body was functioning and, and, and I used to actually tell people that's when I meditated. I know that that was probably misusing the term, but it's when the mind went let go and mm-hmm. there was no longer thinking, but there was a physical motion going on that was stimulating me, that was bringing life. And, and I still find that today that often for me, I'm not a good transcendental meditator. I, I've just, I'm just not. Maybe it's my definition that keeps me from doing it. But I find that if I can do something like even a walk, just take a walk and try not to talk, not to think, just to perhaps pray, mm-hmm. just just clear so I'm not thinking or focusing on something. And that's when the insights come to me. 
Yeah, I would be interested to see if, if you take, so I have in the book that intuition affinity test, which can, you can kind of see which archetypes that you yeah. uh, gravitate with most. And seeing as I'm feeling like you are feeling like you would not gravitate towards the mystic archetype with the transcendental intuition. But then in your case, uh, the physical intuition seems to, I keep hearing things over and over again that you keep talking about with mm-hmm. working with your body and, and people who are really strong physical intuitives are natural healers. You know, they're people who are just so naturally connected with their body and the intuition flows and comes into the reality through their bodies. So doing things like yoga and running, running can be so zen and you can get Mm. into that runner's meditation and that runner's high that comes when you get to that certain place. But it's an energetic high. It's a good high. It's the kind of high we want because intuition is really all about being high, like not on drugs, you know, not on any of that stuff, but it's a natural high because that energy, that frequency, you know, and I love what you said when we opened the program with the the frequency being so high. Uh, that's why part of the reason why we don't recognize intuition so often is because it's a high energetic level. And if we're down here, we're in unconsciousness and we're operating at a lower frequency, it's hard to make that connection. So it's really important that we raise our vibration. So running, for example, dancing, yoga, all that mm. stuff raises our physical vibration. And when we raise that up, then it's so much easier to connect with those intuitive insights and ideas and experiences. Well, how do you recommend we learn to trust what comes through? Again, going from that, is this possible to how is this possible, but also following through, following yes. through on that insight. So important. You know, it's half the battle to, to be aware of your intuition, but it's not over because we, that we have to, we have to follow it. If we're aware of it, we're not, it, it, it hasn't even completed the process. We have to get out in the world and follow it and make it real and live our lives and be true to ourselves. And, you know, all of that stuff that comes with living our truth and owning our truth and the power that, that comes with it. So, um, to trust you know, it, you know, it's like anything else you have to learn to trust. You have to, you have to experiment with it. You have to go through it. Maybe you have to fail forward. Maybe you have to find out sometimes where, yeah, you thought it was your intuition and it wasn't your intuition, but this time it, you tried something and it was definitely your intuition and your intuition was right. So now you know how your intuition feels. So it's a matter of getting comfortable with your unique intuitive language. And we unfortunately can only find that by forging it ourselves. I can't tell you your intuitive language. You can't tell anyone their intuitive language because only we know ourselves, right? So we have to discover it through use and attention and practice and building a relationship with our higher self. Speaking of that, that was great because that was really a question I wanted to get to is how can we distinguish our intuition from our higher self? How do we know if it's an insight from coming in intrinsically within us or externally to us? Yeah, so that's a really good question. So for me, I I operate, um, you know, I come from the school of intuition uh, that really comes from the lineage of Paramahansa Yogananda. So I don't know, you're probably familiar with him. Yes. Yeah, so um, he is one of the biggest advocates of intuition of all Mm -hmm. time. And um, of course, you know, I love him and, and I love his ideas and and one of the ideas about intuition that uh, really resonated with me was that it is our soul's power of knowing God. That's what he said. It's our mm-hmm. soul's power of knowing God. So it is really that connection with that highest, that highest energy. Call it your higher self. Call it God. 
call it, you know, the universal self and the individualized self, you know, we can break that down. But our intuition is the connection to the knowledge, the wisdom, the being that is above us. So in terms of, I don't feel that we um, generate our intuition ourselves. I feel like all of that comes from a higher place. That was a beautiful answer. I just have to Thank say you. that. It just it, if it didn't if it didn't get people goosebumps at home, then they're not paying attention because <laughs> that that's actually what it is. And and I some I wonder from also what you're expressing to this is that it almost seems to me that our intuition, our higher self, our God sense is our co- connection to the collective, to everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's our connection to each other. That's our humanity more yes. than anything else. Yes. And so. Absolutely. So not only learning to tap in, but learning to trust our intuition is a way of allowing us to be more connected to all Each of other. us. Yes. And that ties directly into like life today and what we're talking about in the world today and all the social change and everything that's happening because intuition is unity, right? Yes. Minds are many, but intuition is one. So this whole process that we're going through with breaking down the labels and living and let living and accepting each other and honoring each other for who we really are, our real selves, you know, like you were saying at the beginning, getting out there, owning who we are and living that and being ourselves in the world, that's a powerful revolution. And that's what's happening and intuition is behind it. And if we all do it and if we all trust it, we are going to come together as one like we never have before. Yeah. I agree because it seems like the polarity, and I don't want to get away from your book, just if you don't mind, just a little thing. The polarity is about those who want to connect and those who want to separate. It's like, I don't want to be connected with you. And others are saying, but we should all be connected. And that's where our polarity exists. And it's kind of kind of an ongoing struggle, but I do hope we make yeah, it. Yeah, and these are growing pains. You know, we're going through growing pains right now. And and I do think that, you know, we'll, we'll get through it. We just have to hold the line and fight the good fight and, and, and just follow our intuition. At the end of the day, we cannot go wrong if we follow our intuition. So are you saying those growing pains I went through at 16 weren't it? <laughs> just the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> So, so why do you feel, so I guess you've answered the question I was going to ask and actually is that, so it would seem that we need to develop our intuition in order for us to create those connections, not yeah. only with our own soul and our higher self or God or universe or whatever we want to call it, but also with each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all tied in together. And I think, you know, part of the, the crime uh, that has happened in, in, our, in our life to humanity is that somewhere out there along the way, somebody convinced us that intuition didn't exist and that if it did exist, it was something dangerous or something that we shouldn't mess with. So that, that misconception, that illusion that has been perpetrated for, you know, as long as I can remember my life and apparently centuries before that, that, you know, that it's, that, that, that every, it created this fear around intuition, but intuition is the opposite of fear. It is the absence of fear. It is nothing but truth. So um, it's time now for that to rebalance. Well, why do you think we often use the term, and maybe it's just patriarchal or <laughs> or misogynistic, but we often use the term women's intuition. Women's intuition. <laughs> but men don't have intuition. We have gut feelings. Yes, yes that's so true. <laughs> that is so true. That's uh, so funny. 
Um, yeah, because if you look back at history, like all of the, all of the hugest advocates for intuition were men. You have people like Einstein and Steve Jobs and Yogananda, right? All of these people were men. And, uh, you know, yeah, sure. Women, I think are naturally sensitive in, in a lot of cases. And, you know, I don't ever want to put gender labels on it because I know a lot of really sensitive men, but at the same time, I think that's how it started because back in the old days, you know, people probably noticed that women were naturally more able to talk about their intuition where men felt more felt safer in the comfort zone of their rational mind. But that all that, that whole dichotomy is really merging along with all of the other dichotomies that are merging and becoming fluid in our whole society right now, because because life isn't black and white. You know, life is this experience that's rich and unique and subjective for all people. Yeah. You know, when you were sharing that too, the thought that struck me doesn't mean it's true and we don't have to spend a lot of time on it is that especially even if we go back to the early days of this country, the women were at home. The man was out doing something, whatever it was. It was manly. He was out doing his <laughs> manly thing. But the women were at home. We didn't have radios. We didn't have TVs. We didn't have interference. So in one sense, raising children, certainly doing all the chores around the house, but they had more time in their own mind, their own head, with fewer distractions. And it may have led to the impression that women are more intuitive Mm -hmm. versus women actually had more time to spend within their own self. Uh, Just a thought. I never thought of that, but it's interesting that that thought came to you because, uh, you know, it's something worth exploring. You know, would it be the same if men were the ones that were home and women were out doing things? Maybe men would have, would have had that space to have more of those insights or, or maybe women just, I don't know. I don't know. I can't really understand no, it. No. <laughs> and we don't have to resolve it now because it's really not the intention of, of what you put into, uh, you know, radical intuition, you know, which is your, your revolutionary guide to using your intuition to let us know that not only do we have all these different layers, but there are different ways that we can work and learn to listen to it. Because it's also interesting that you brought out is we need to learn to listen to it. Right. And it's around us all the time. We're just not listening to it. We're allowing ourselves to be distracted. And once we listen, then the next step, as you've already shared, is for us to learn to trust it and to act on it as a result of that trust. Yep. So what is the, what would you say is the the normal process or regular process? I won't say normal. We'll keep normal out of this. <laughs> the regular process for going through an intuitive insight. For instance, how, do, how does it work with you or how do you work with your intuition, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really the the, the fundamental thing to keep in mind when you're starting to recognize your intuition is it it's about first impressions or sudden insights it's those split seconds those flashes that come it comes in an instant so sometimes it comes so fast you don't even notice sometimes you're acting on your intuition you don't even realize it because you think it was a thought you created but it's really something that just popped into your mind so one of those defining characteristics of intuition and in the book i have a whole list like a checklist of all the things mm-hmm. you can use to figure it out because sometimes you're not sure if it's intuition or not intuition but one of those defining characteristics is that it comes out of nowhere and it comes quickly and fast. It's so much easier than figuring something out and making your pros and cons list. So that's the wonderful thing about intuition. It's instantaneous. So 
um, paying attention to your first impressions when you meet someone and you immediately get a feeling, oh, you love them. You feel like they're like the <laughs> coolest person you ever met and you just are like soulmates. Or you meet someone and even though they seem really cool and all, have all the right check boxes, you're like, mm, there's just something about them that, that I don't like or that doesn't, that doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. And that's your intuition immediately giving you that first impression, that red flag that, okay, proceed with caution. So paying attention to those first impressions and living, creating this insightfulness in your life where you just always honor them, right? Like give them credence instead of pushing them away and rationalizing out of them. That in itself is a powerful first step. Um, but beyond your first impressions, the other um, really important thing to think about is resonance. So we're talking about a lot tonight about mm-hmm. frequencies and vibration and energy. So intuition is all about resonance. Right. So when something feels right, it resonates. Right. If something doesn't feel right, then it feels dissonant. Right. So you can kind of tell like like that exercise we did earlier. One of those choices was dissonant and one of those was resonant. Right. So we want to follow the resonance in our life. If we follow that and everything we do, then we're going to be aligned. Then we're going to be going in the direction of growth and evolution and our positive change and positive impact we can make on the world. If we follow the dissonance, we're going to go to the closed doors. We're going to go into those ruts. We're going to go into those places where we're not being nourished and we're not able to grow. So, I mean, the intuition is always there bringing us back. You know, it's always going to bring, even if we get lost and go on the wrong path, and we all do, we all have phases in our life where we get mixed up or have to learn the hard way, but our intuition will always bring us back, you know, and it does that through resonance. That's what moves us. That's that emotive part of us, that calling that we can hear. Right. So we just have to follow that. So those are kind of the two primary mm. elements of learning to understand your intuition. Well, for the listeners, I, I want to share this, if you don't mind, is that is that through a great portion of my life, I had very strong first impressions of people, as you were talking about. And very often I, I said there's something not coherent with this person. There's something to watch out for. I wouldn't know what it is. Right. Everybody might love them, but later on it would always reveal itself. But I didn't truly understand that that was my intuition talking to me, that that was. And another area you touch on in the book, which I believe is is very powerful for people, is to pay attention also to what you're eating. Your body knows what it wants and doesn't want, which is not the same as having a taste sensation in your mouth. Your body, you can have a taste sensation for banana split and your body's going to tell you it doesn't want it. Yes, I don't want that. Right. That's not going to make me feel good. And, right. And we can list, start to listen to those simple little things, as you said, when we meet people, see if we resonate with them or we don't resonate with them. And also with the things we're eating, start paying mm-hmm. attention mindfully to mm-hmm. what we're choosing to eat and use those as little building blocks in developing our intuition trust. Yeah. In- intuitive eating is so huge. Like, I don't think people realize how much it can actually change your life. If, if instead of following diets and all, you know, there's certain things we know are good and aren't good, but instead of being in these rigorous systems that are designed for anybody, really listen to what your body wants. This is back to this subjective thing. You know, your body has its own unique balance of vitamins and minerals and all of the, the, the chemicals that need to be, you know, functioning to, to be healthy. So when you're, you're interested in different food, you know, something's going to appeal to you if, if it's some, if there's something in there that your body needs. And intuitively, your intuition knows everything. That's the thing. And I remember, our intuition knows everything. 
And it knows what's in that food. It knows what your body needs. And it's guiding this whole process, trying to show you what to eat and to, to be healthy. But we don't want to listen sometimes, or sometimes we don't trust it, you know? So getting into the habit of, of listening to your body can really, really be very, very beneficial for your health. Yeah, it's kind of the, the old thing, because you gave a, uh, you shared a story also about a woman who began to intuitively eat and she lost weight after spending years gaining weight and not, and failing on diets. But the, the interesting thing to, to me, the thought that struck me when I was going through that is very often our comfort foods are often the foods we shouldn't be eating. You know, we, <laughs> we fall back onto them mm-hmm. because they're familiar and they have a warmth about them, but they're not really good for us in many cases. Right. Yes. Yeah. So it's a difference between emotional eating and intuitive eating. Right. Yeah. I think. And and it's OK to emotional eat to a degree. Right. You know, it's OK to not be really like militant about it. But uh, we have to temper that with that higher sort of intuitive guidance within us so that we don't end up, you know, creating problems for ourselves. Yeah. And I wanted to just bring that out because, again, some people might say, oh, well, intuitively, I I need to have this pot pie, and actually, the, the, the pot pie is an emotional food for you, yes. as opposed to you know, let's have more macaroni and cheese today. So, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, in chapter thirteen, you share, you tell us your true guru is within you; it is you. Could you explain that a little bit more to the listeners to let them know again? that they are their guru. They are. And, and that, you know, that was something that when it hit me, it it suddenly clicked for the first time because, you know, as a young person, I was a seeker and we need our teachers to a degree because our teachers are going to lead us to the truth that ultimately we need to find. Uh, Because we're going to get to a certain point where there aren't the teachers anymore. There, there is only one teacher within all of us and that's ourselves, our higher selves. Again, because we're on our path and we know only where we need to go and what we need to do. So at the end of the day, you know, we can feed ourselves. It's always wonderful. Like I love what you do with the cards and with the, the readings and the mantras and the affirmations. Those are wonderful ways to feed ourselves every day with this energy that keeps our vibration up and keeps our minds and hearts aligned in the right place. But, you know, with our intuition, with time, you know, we practice it and we want to get into this place where we are constantly aligned with the highest parts of ourselves. Very true. You know, I want to remind everybody, and I've been poor about this, that we've been talking with uh, Kim Chesney, the author of Radical Intuition, a guide to help all of us become active participants in the energy conversations happening between our body, mind, and spirit. And Kim, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to, or points that you would like to share with everyone about the process of radical intuition and how they can start exploring this more in their lives. Yeah, I just want everybody to know that um, wherever you are, whatever level of intuitive development you are at, whether you don't think you have any intuition at all, whether you've been working with it your whole life but want to go deeper, uh, you can always take the next step with your intuition. It's always there waiting to take you that one step higher It wants you to grow closer to the truth and to live in truth and to really become your authentic true self because that's the way in life that, you know, we really, we break free. You know, we break free of the chains of society. We break free of our karma. All of those things happen when we rise into that place of higher awareness and higher consciousness. And and each step of the way, our intuition will be there for us. 
And on your website, uh, www.kimchesney.com, and that's K-I-M-C-H-E-S-T-N-E-Y.com, you also cite an event coming up on November 11th through 20th, which is the mm-hmm. Wake Up Your Intuition. Could you share a little bit more about that for anyone who might be interested? Yeah, so I, so it's so exciting and we're actually changing the dates to start. So it's going to start on the 16th instead with all of the stuff that's happening right now. We decided it's probably best to push it back a little bit because we're not quite sure what's going to be happening next week. <laughs> so. <laughs> We're not sure what's going on. So we're just for safety's sake, we're going to push that back a week. So, um, you guys have plenty of time to sign up for it. This is a wonderful global intuition event. It's the first event of its kind where we're bringing together not your usual suspects talking about intuition. We have everything from game designers, Hollywood producers, okay. um, musicians, artists, um, spiritual teachers, yoga teachers, uh, Buddhist monks, you name it. We have all kind of people talking about uh, how intuition has been an extraordinary role in their lives and what you can do to make it an extraordinary part of your life. And, and plus I've wrapped around all kinds of intuitive awakening exercises and, and mantras and, and workshops. So it's going to be a wonderful virtual event, 10 day, learn at your own pace. You can turn it into two weeks if you want, or you can turn it into 10 weeks and do one a week. Um, but it's a, it's a wonderful free experience. It doesn't cost anything. You can sign up on my website. And that's the key thing too, which is why I wanted to mention it. People can sign up on your website. It's free, but you can also purchase Radical Intuition, a revolutionary guide to using your inner power. Did I say that right? That's it. No, you, you got I it. I did perfect. say it right. Okay. You got it one, you got it more perfect than I get it. I was <laughs> using in there. <laughs> I was like, what? I couldn't go look in the book. But it's, <laughs> what it's, did I decide? Not only can you go to Kim's website, but you can go to Amazon.com to purchase that. And that's KimChesney.com. Please go and visit. Kim, thanks for joining me. Hold on, please, as we close out so I can just. Thanks for having finish. me. This is oh, great. This was such a joy speaking with you. Loved your energy, loved your insight, loved your book. So I appreciate it. And for those listeners, Kim's on the East Coast of the USA. So this is a little bit of a late night for a long day for at the, at the end of a week, but uh, quite a week. The, the year 2020 reminds us what Oscar Wilde said, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. So as we prepare. To close out 2020 and close out this year, remember what we said earlier. Release the past. Don't dwell upon the sins and mistakes of yesterday so exclusively as to have no energy and mind left for living rightly today. And don't think that the sins of yesterday can prevent you from living purely today. We also shared, I am peaceful and calm as I let go and let God let the universe, let my higher self, let the divine, whatever you choose to call it. And once again, I want to share Camus' beautiful poem that tells us, in the midst of hate, I found there was within me an invincible love. In the midst of tears, I found there was within me an invincible smile. In the midst of chaos, I found there was within me an invincible calm. And I realized through it all that in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. Mm. 
no matter how hard the world pushes against you, within you, there's something stronger, something better pushing right back. So whatever you do, give from your heart. Live and practice loving kindness in all situations. Accept and love yourself unconditionally. Surrender all to love. You're not the victim. You have a choice. So thank you for listening to Good Vibrations Radio and our guest, Kim Chesney. We'll talk again Friday, November 20th from 5 to 6 p.m. when I'll speak with Christine Arillo, author of Overwhelmed and Over It. And by then, we might be. Until then, (laughs) remember to turn the lead in your life into gold. Thank you for listening. Many blessings. Namaste. Gotta keep those loved vibrations happening with her. Yeah.